We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-year contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now, people are going to look at everything because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can do. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcast. It isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch. Pepsi, made for football watching. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Report, a Rotoviz radio news show covering the serious and mocking the ridiculous NFL news of the last week. I'm Blair Andrews. My co-host is Hassan Rahim. Hassan, how's it going? Uh, you know how it goes, Blair. I had a pretty good week in season long in Dynasty. Predicts the slate uh, when it comes down to DFS, despite avoiding most of the landmines. Uh, turns out, um, you know, uh, if you didn't have if you didn't have Tyreek Hill or Derrick Henry, um, you know, it's going to be a tough, tough scene for you. And even if you did have them, you weren't really a, a lock to to cash a lot of a lot of uh, landmines on the slate. What about yourself? Oh, I avoided. Uh, DFS this week, luckily, since I probably would not have played Hill or Henry. But, uh, good, good week for me and season long. Sean and I are, uh, headed to the finals in our main event, so we're, we're excited about that. Um, yeah. Speaking of one of the players you mentioned, uh, as a sort of DFS must own, Derek Henry, rushed 27 times for 178 yards and three touchdowns in the Titans' Week 12 win against the Colts, adding two catches for seven yards. So, yeah, I don't know. Are you expecting another fast finish for Henry this season? Um, Yeah, probably. Um, And 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 this is just, I mean, this is just how it goes. Uh, David Kitchen, I believe, uh, lovingly refers to this as the Hember. I can't ever say it. It sounds really <laughs> tough to say. Um, but... <laughs> But he's not wrong, man. It's it's just uh, the the Colts they had a pretty solid like like uh, 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 run um, run defense, 
and they were just pancaked like, from like kickoff, like just the opening, the opening uh, snap. There, I'm taking a look at the Rotoviz strength of schedule app here. Uh, they had Indy as one of the worst matchups for this week. Um, uh, yes, we're not adjusting for Derrick Henry being a grown ass man in this. <laughs> and for the rest of the season, they've got the third softest run schedule, including a yeah. stretch that includes, uh, Jacksonville, Detroit, and Green Bay in the fantasy playoffs. Um, to give you an idea about Green Bay as a run defense, they gave up 62 yards rushing to David Montgomery on four carries, and we are about to end the first half. Uh, nope, never mind. He's up to six carries and 73 yards. If David Montgomery can do this, can you imagine mm-hmm. what Derrick Henry is going to do to them? Any team that makes David Montgomery look good is, is going to have trouble with Derrick Henry. Um, David Montgomery yeah, I mean, is averaging been... 12.2 yards per carry right now with one and a half minutes left in the second in the second quarter. Man. Um, so given, I guess, the, the easy schedule that Henry has going forward, would you have him as like your RB1 rest of season? It's hard not to, right? Um, I remember when we were talking about CMC, uh, I think that window is probably closing and has probably closed. Um, I remember we were discussing, uh, Dalvin Cook as well. Like I was pretty optimistic on Dalvin Cook. Uh, Alvin Kamara's luster has kind of, um, Taysom Mill really sapped that away, man. Oh my God. Alvin Kamara is just, ugh. Um, so I think, I think, yeah. So I would probably have him RB1, maybe RB2. What about yourself? Yeah, it's close. I mean, you know, obviously McCaffrey, the Panthers have a bye next week. So that yeah. kind of lowers their, lowers their outlook for when you're looking weeks 13 through 16, but he does have a pretty easy schedule after that. Denver. At Green Bay and then at Washington. So Carolina's schedule is good. If, if McCaffrey comes back for that stretch, I think you would still probably prefer him over Henry. But beyond that, I mean, you're looking at some of the other guys who would be competitive. I mean, Minnesota has the toughest running back schedule over the next four weeks. Uh, so Dalvin Cook, you know, we might not, uh, might not see him hit quite the same highs he's hit earlier in the season. Yeah, you mentioned Kamara. He's also got a tough schedule and not to mention dealing with Taysom Hill running the ball all the time. So yeah, I mean, unfortunately I don't own a lot of Derrick Henry. I probably don't own him on any season. Um, so it's unfortunate, but I think you have to have him at least number one or number two. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know about like CMC though, right? It's just, I have a weird feeling they're going to shut him down. Maybe after the bye, maybe hmm. he plays. I don't know. Uh, the yeah. other guy who I'm really looking at here who could be an RB, like a top five RB rest of the season is Swift. Uh, Detroit's got one of the easiest schedules for the rest of the season. They finally got rid of, you know, Matt Patricia, which is good. Um, another guy who's potentially up there is also Antonio Gibson. Uh, he should really be in the conversation. And, yeah. uh, another guy who I really wanted to pick your brains on, um, is, uh, our next item, who is Austin Eckler, who rushed 14 times for 44 yards. And he hauled in 11 of 16 targets for 85 yards in uh, Los Angeles' week 12 loss to the Bills. He returned from his sin on IR, and he just handled the bulk of uh, you know backfield touches. And it goes probably just – I would expect him to see more of the workload as we go through it, right? Where do you rank Eckler over the last few weeks of the season here? 
Yeah, I mean, we've already kind of been touching on the schedules. Eckler, obviously, if he's going to get this kind of workload, I mean, you know, 16 targets isn't something to expect week in and week out, but he could definitely be pushing for double digits most weeks. The Chargers have, uh, from week 13 to 16, the seventh easiest running back schedule. Uh, they're home against New England, home against Atlanta, at Las Vegas, and then home against Denver. So the only matchup that really doesn't look, you know, that good is, uh, Atlanta. But I mean, even that I think is not something we would necessarily be worried about. So given his workload, which looks to be pretty secure given the schedule they have coming up, um, you know, he's someone I didn't mention as being potentially above Henry, but I think that it would, it wouldn't be crazy to rank him up there potentially in that top three, maybe above Henry, just because of the, the, the huge difference in the, in the workload they have in the uh, receiving workload specifically. Um, is that crazy to have him above Henry? I don't think you could have him above Henry, but I think you could probably have him above CMC, which sounds crazy to say, right? <laughs> um, I mean, part of that is, so, so Atlanta is the only one that looks kind of like a bad quote unquote matchup here, but really what makes Eckler so good is the same thing that makes CMC really good. It's like mm-hmm. all that usage in the receiving game. Atlanta bleeds catches to guys in that shallow A dot range. Uh, Hunt, like Hunter Renfro did pretty well against them today and, I'm sure Eckler has mm. the same A dot. Don't <laughs> I don't want to like check this, but uh, I do think Eckler, like on a on a parity level, should be at least considered like on par with with Derrick Henry. Frankly, right? Um, the thing with Derrick Henry is they kind of phase him out when when they're trailing. I just don't see them trailing. I can't see which team here that they'd be trailing to. Not probably not going to be Cleveland. Probably not going to be Jacksonville. Probably not going to be Detroit or maybe Green Bay. Right. That might be the yeah. only team, but he only he only needs the one run. Yeah, Eckler Eckler right. is kind of game script proof because of all the targets he gets. Sixteen targets and he walk comes in off of IR. That's what he commands. Like that, like that is ridiculous. You know, like, like it's just it's it's a, it's as if they wanted to run the entire offense through Eckler, which they did. And this is this was an, a really had a really negative impact on Keenan Allen, and it has a negative impact on Justin Herbert. Um, and the rest of the guys, I really think Anthony Lynn got to go. I mean, he just, he's bungled their like end games really badly. Like just, mm-hmm. just what he's done at the end of games has been like, he somehow finds a way to maximize their, um, expected loss probability. Right. <laughs> and, and it just watching the weird plays he calls. I mean, Anthony Lynn called a timeout and then he punted to end the first half. <laughs> this man, I this didn't man, see that. yeah, like, 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 this man is struggling with what the basic, um, game situations are. Like, just put him out of his misery. Yeah. I didn't see that, but I did notice that, you know, at the end of the game, after they complete this Hail Mary to get him within five yards of the end zone, they call a, they call a running play with like a few seconds left and no timeouts. So the clock continues to tick down and they don't get, they don't get any more uh, shots to score. So, I mean, they weren't going to win that game anyway by that point, but still. No, nah, but I mean, like, he does a lot to get them in these losing positions. I mean, like, like this yeah. team has should 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 have won at least four more games than it has right now. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. I mean, yeah, I'm just looking at the box score. 
for this game. You know, Herbert threw the ball 52 times. Uh, obviously that's not going to be sustainable, but, um, yeah, do you think that Eckler coming back, you know, Keenan Allen only had 10 targets in this game. Is Eckler coming back kind of, uh, is that going to put a dent in Keenan Allen's work, do you think? Yeah, I mean, much like the same way, um, uh, CMC, like a healthy CMC is pretty much a drag on the entire, uh, uh, Carolina Panthers offense, like the same way Eckler is, <laughs> right? Like, um, I just don't know what it is, right? Like about force feeding these guys. And I, and I, I mean, I have a thought at least for what it is, but like they're not the most talented receivers in your squad. For a while, it felt like, um, Lynn was making this a point, which is just weird. It's just really weird. Like, like, I mean, just the way that they've lost here. Like, uh, this is such a pathetic loss, just a pathetic, like a dire fourth quarter, the way it was called. Um, yeah, uh, Hunter Henry is also taking on a lot more of the work, of the receiving work, which is mm. also, he's good. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think Keenan Allen's probably better than both of those guys. Like, I just, like, just, just a thought for me. And I think Mike Williams deserves more targets, but hey, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Anthony Lynn calling the, calling the shots. And, and quite frankly, he shouldn't be, uh, Calling the shots for much longer either. Um, it's, uh, we're getting into, we're getting into the point where a lot of these teams need to figure out what they've got. It looks like the future is bright for the Chargers and Lynn is just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, like, they should, they're a lot better than the three, that the three and eight record indicates. Um, they really should be focused on moving on from here on out and like trying to like, start holding interviews and figuring it out because this is a talented squad. And we say it every year, but like this year has been more apparent than, you know, the most. Um, this team could have, I'm not going to say could have competed for a wild card spot, but it should theoretically be able to compete for a wild card spot next year. Uh, yeah. so, I mean, they might as well just get a head start, you know, jump start on it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, you look at the talent on really on both sides of the ball, you would think that this is a team that looks like they're under, underperforming. So, um, the one guy we didn't mention when we're talking about these running back rankings, probably because he's playing right now is Aaron Jones, but Green Bay actually also has a pretty a pretty easy running back schedule oh down the stretch. Uh is he someone you would you would potentially want to have on your team ahead of guys like Eckler and CMC and maybe even Henry? Nah, probably not. Um if only because Jamal Williams siphons enough. But I think I think you're getting to pretty much what the top five there looks like, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like it's it's a pretty much a clear a clear tier that includes Henry, Eckler, Aaron Jones, and then I guess maybe Dalvin, uh, depending on how much receiving work he can get. I I gotta check and see how much he got earlier today. It doesn't seem like a lot, and it seems like he might have like tweaked something or gotten hurt somehow. And then um, it's probably Swift would be my five. Like, that would probably be my five really, right there. Um. And there's arguments to be made for uh, guys like Gibson and stuff as well, right? So, yeah, I I, I do think Henry, unfortunately, uh, would probably come in as one of the top top three. All right, let's take a moment for a word from our sponsors. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly 
so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore, so it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, the game today, we're going to play Fantasy Believe It or Not. First item, Kenyon Drake rushed 22 times for 78 yards and two touchdowns in the Cardinals' Week 12 loss to the Patriots, adding three receptions for 15 additional yards. Yeah, I hate to say this, but this is going to be Believe It for me. Um, it sucks. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is, uh, this guy is a pathetic. He's been simping for uh, Kenyon Drake this entire time, ever since he got back. Um, it just, it just sucks to see how slavishly he devoted himself to the run here because it genuinely cost the cards the game. I, I don't know if this has to do with Kyler's arm or what was going on, but man, Cliff Kingsbury really, really doesn't know what he's, like he, re, like he hasn't shown any signs of improvement at all as a coach. And I really do think that you got to start asking yourself questions like if this guy does eat, like has a chance at survival beyond this. Um, Part of the reason why I wanted to discuss this was because someone, uh, my display name on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at HRR5010. Um, someone followed, like tweeted at me, uh, you're a effing idiot <laughs> at, at, at my, at my title. And then his exact next tweet was him tweeting at Cliff Kingsbury. My current display name is Cliff Kicksbury as a play on the <laughs> fact that all this guy does is love to kick field goals when they're in the red zone. And I think, I think he, this guy completely missed it because he didn't, like, he didn't tweet at Cliff Kingsbury, he tweeted at me. And then he tweets at Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Kingsbury, sorry. So like, you know. Did he tweet the same thing at Cliff Kingsbury? No, he actually had more to say to Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> so maybe he was lashing out. I don't know. But he had, he brought up a good point. Um, why commit so hard <laughs> to the run today? Stupid. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's how you get <laughs> Kenyon Drake stat lines like this. Oh, I thought you meant he made a good point with effing idiot. Well, th- that too. But I mean, like, he's, you know, I mean, like, the point to Cliff, <laughs> right? Like, that's a good point. Yeah. 
Can't argue there. So no, no, uh, no, you know, Benjamin love still after, uh, 12, 12 weeks of inactivity. That's, that's really, really a huge bummer. I have like 50%, you know, Benjamin in the drafting best ball tournaments. And I don't even know what to say about that pizza of the play, right? Like, what are you going to do? Draft Jace Edmonds in the eighth round? No. Yeah. Like, why would it, like, why would you do that? And like, and Kenyon Drake missed time. Chase Edmonds kind of underwhelmed, and they still didn't activate Eno Benjamin. <sighs> I don't know. Huge bummer. I mean, huge bummer for me. Look I could have really some been explaining to do for my for my best ball teams. Yeah, I agree. Maybe we should ask this guy to ask Cliff Kingsbury. What do you think? Yeah, do it. Devonta Parker got eight of fourteen targets for 119 yards in Week 12 against the Jets. Um, sure, I believe it. Um, <laughs> Parker, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Parker might finish as a top 24 wide receiver. That's gross. He might. I don't know. I have no idea what to make of Devontae Parker. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, he was kind of overdrafted relative to what his production was. He's going to have a pretty easy week in week 13. Then he gets KC, New England, then Las Vegas. I don't think it's going to be as clear-cut as people think. Uh, The issue here is Tua might miss the rest of the season or, you know, had quite a few games. The, The team's in the wild card hunt now. I can see them rolling out Fitzpatrick for the rest of the season. Bit of a bummer. I really wanted to see them give to a run. It's also, you know, a yeah. uh, bit of a troublesome uh, development there. I don't know. I mean, this is fine, but he also, you know, really wasn't the kind of savior that you were looking for, uh, I guess, right. in the middle rounds, right? Like, he's been fine, not spectacular. I, I, people use this term a lot, like, very, fairly loosely. And, like, I, I, I don't know if, like, they thought they were getting a league winner where they were drafting him. But, I mean, at best, they got a guy who gave you, like you know, some kind of a floor when healthy. And he yeah. also missed a few games, right? So uh, I guess that's the best you can hope for. I mean, like the like the, like the Dolphins' schedule is middle of the road. Like, yeah, he could probably squeak in, but it's not like his final season stats are going to be a lot better, are going to look a lot better in hindsight than they were actually in the moment is my is my thought process on mm-hmm. here. Like, he's going to be... Just... Sorry? No, I was just saying, I just looked it up to see where he was. I don't know if this includes this week, but he's currently the wide receiver 32. So, you know, not quite there. Um, but man, I mean, the guys ahead of him, some of them are like Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, yeah. Enough. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, he might not get there. I mean, and I'm looking at the, at the player stat explorer. He had only, like, he's had only one wide receiver one week and two wide receiver two mm. weeks. Otherwise, he's just been, he's been a wide receiver three or worse in like 70% of his starts. Like, he's averaged like 12 PPR points a game. Like, you know, where he, what his ADP was to where like his actual PPR points per game. It's just, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's just not, it's not great, right? Like, it's, like you overdrafted someone, like you know, you're picking him at wide receiver twenty, and he's coming in like twenty five spots lower. Like that's kind of like a like a league loser at that point to me. But yeah, yeah, um, it probably helps him if Fitzpatrick is the quarterback going forward, though, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I would, but also like they just don't have many other weapons, right? Sure. Like it's just it's just and and today he was kind of helped by the fact that they didn't have Gaskin and they didn't have Slavon Ahmed. I think they rolled out Matt Breida, RIP. I mean, he just didn't look good either. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they, like, like, they gave DeAndre Washington more run than they gave Breida. Although Breida was, like, had a, had a better yards per carry and he had some, like, you know, targets unlike, unlike, uh, same as Washington. So, like, I don't know what to make of that, but 
Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, ultimately he got 14 targets, right? No one else got more than like five. Right, right. So uh, the fact that he didn't yeah. score touchdowns or whatever, right? Like it's still kind of a fallow performance. And then, and and then you, you know, back on a, on a you know, seemingly trickyish schedule. I guess since he's going to be when he goes going to go off, but like after that, who knows, right? Like, and it, and it depends on what they do with Tua. I guess is my is my thing. I I think he's going to squeak in, but he's going to be one of the one of the guys who people are going to spend off season just being breathlessly like praising, without really looking at, at just how bad it was to really like you know know when to and then when to start him and to sit him a whole bunch of other items there. Sure. Uh, yeah. For reference. Going into this week, he had a 5.6% win rate in best ball 10, so quite a bit lower than the uh, average of 8.3%. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty disappointing. Pretty pretty bad pick if you drafted him. Evan Ingram caught six of nine targets for 129 yards in the Giants' Week 12 win over the Bengals, also losing a fumble. Yeah, that was a bit of a bummer that he lost that fumble. This is great. I mean, yeah, this is absolutely, I'm going to believe this, right? Like, um, after that drop, like horrific drop he had on national TV, he's kind of been in fuego, right? I mean, like, I mean, like, poor, poor, poor Darius Slayton has been all but, uh, all but, um, I guess written out of the script here, RIP. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is going to be a good time, I think, for, um, for Evan Ingram fans, um, uh, myself included, they've got a, I mean, middle of the road schedule as well coming up. I guess Arizona, Cleveland would be two good ones to, to in the fantasy playoffs if you have them. Baltimore is going to be the tough, the tough start, but you know, uh, what, what else are you going to do? Tight end is a horrific wasteland this year as per the usual. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not hard to end up as a, uh, as a top 12 tight end, you know, a game with, 129 yards might <laughs> is like enough to get you there. Uh, you just have a couple good games like this. It doesn't take much, but definitely nice to see Ingram actually performing. Um, I can't, I know Daniel Jones got hurt in this game. Do we know, uh, what is going on with that? Or have we heard any news on his injury? We're kind of peeling back the curtain here, trying to get some breaking news, but. Yeah, that's actually a good question. Um, he had a hamstring injury and that's all we got. Um, yeah. just don't have any information on whether or not he's going to be ready for the next few weeks, uh, or when he's supposed to be ready at all. So that's a bit of a bummer. Right. Yeah. I mean, Colt McCoy came in and honestly was not, I mean, it's not like Daniel Jones was great before he left. So it didn't seem like it was much of a downgrade, but, uh, I don't know. Neither of them threw a touchdown. Cole McCoy completed 60% of his passes. I mean, you know, the way Jones has been playing, it would be hard to really be a lot worse. So, Robbie Anderson caught four of seven targets for 94 yards and a touchdown in the Panthers' Week 12 loss to the Vikings. Yeah, I absolutely believe this. I absolutely believe Anderson will finish as a top 24 wide receiver. I think depending on what the news ends up being about DJ Moore's injury, he could finish as like a top 12, top 10 wide receiver. Um, you know, he was stuck on the Jets for so long, we forget that he was, a, you know, a breakout star as an undrafted free agent. Um, but uh, yeah, this is, he's the real deal for sure. I think, um, I want to say this is the first touchdown he's had in a while, but um, definitely good to see him get into the end zone. 
you know, this is another case where we don't know at the time we're recording what DJ Moore's injury is going to be. I know there's some speculation that it might be a little bit more serious than just an ankle injury, but, uh, you know, don't want to, don't want to speculate too much, but obviously we hope he's not out for any extended period of time, but without him, Robbie would be, um, basically, I mean, he's already a league winner, but he would, you know, he would be, uh, he would be one of the top wide receivers down the stretch, I would think. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you here. It's a real big of a bummer for DJ Moore. And I really hope he's, you know, knock on wood, okay. But, you know, Robbie was doing fine. Uh, really, it's kind of surprising that he hasn't scored more touchdowns. It's, it felt like he was kind of on fuego with the Panthers for a while there. But he really hasn't. I do not believe he's got that many touchdowns this season. I'm trying to check here. Yeah, he scored in week one. This yeah. is his second touchdown of the season. Yeah. He hasn't scored since week one. Yeah, and that's going to normalize here going forward, I think. Uh, they've got a fairly, fairly soft schedule, if I recall correctly. And yes, they do. Um, after the week 13 by Broncos, Packers, Washington, Washington's kind of a, tr- a tricky one, but like if he's the only guy getting targets, I mean, and that's the other thing, you know, even if DJ Moore's injury is not that serious, Maybe they just shut him down. Like this is like they've got really nothing to play for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, the other thing that almost went unnoticed, but it looked like Teddy Bridgewater got hurt near the end of this game after uh, taking a hit with like a few seconds left. Um, so you know, it's possible we see some more PJ Walker in the future. Do you think that could be uh, a good thing or a bad thing for? Robbie in this offense? Not really. I think it'll be fine. Um, I think, I think they're just gonna, like, actually don't, don't, don't Robbie and PJ Walker, like, didn't they both play, didn't they both play for Temple? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we got the shower narrative going. Yeah. <laughs> this could actually, right. this could actually be pretty good for, for Robbie. Yeah. Derek Carr completed 22 of 34 passes for 215 scoreless yards and one interception before being pulled in the fourth quarter of the Raiders' Week 12 loss to the Falcons. Yeah, the second I saw people like hyping up Derek Carr, like smash spot week, I just knew he was going to dud. Like, <laughs> I, I, it just happened the last time when we went through this. Mm. Like, this is not new, right? I, I don't know. Seems I mean, like it. this just a huge bummer because like you would think. Uh, that this could be a spot where like Derek Carr would like, you know, take advantage and play piss up. Nah, man. Like, I, I think he's gonna maybe just by sheer attrition alone, given all these like injuries and a lot of quarterbacks are not like flopping, but there's like a clear tear break between difference making quarterbacks and the Derek Cars of the world, right? So like, what mm-hmm. does it, like, you know, what does it mean if he finishes as a QB 10 or QB 11? Like, who cares? Like, the point yeah. differential is, is not enough to make up uh, for the the wild difference in finish or ceiling that he just doesn't have, right? Like even Tom Brady today exhibited some semblance of like a, and we've seen a fairly like decent ceiling for someone like that. Um, but Derek Carr, I don't know, like you know, like he's probably gonna have a handful of like pretty solid games, but eh, this is this is not it, Chief. Like it's just not gonna be a difference maker <laughs> in in the long run, and we're gonna get back to him being under like you know. Unquote, unquote, or like undervalued again next offseason. I'm really, really looking forward to those tweets already. Um, <laughs> just, just the same people making the same mistake over and over again. 
yeah. like it's uh you know what is that line from true detective i can't no. remember right now right the one that russ gold says diamond the flat circle that's it yeah 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 right this does happen a lot with with Derek Carr I mean you know sometimes he comes out and and is truly surprising and looks looks decent but uh, yeah yeah I don't know it's like the consistency has never been there for him so it's tough I mean yeah I don't know he, it seems like he's got some weapons this year you would hope he'd be able to to do something with them I mean one of those weapons Henry Ruggs finally had you know, five targets, which is the most he's had in a game since week one when he also had five. Um, you know, it's not, it's not exactly what you want to see, but I guess it's a little encouraging compared to, you know, three targets that he's kind of been averaging throughout the season. Uh, are you still bullish on rugs long term or are you kind of out on him? I'm kind of out on him. I think I don't, I don't know what out even means, right? <laughs> uh, right like it's it's kind of hard i mean if you if you drafted him you want to hold him i think um yeah if you if you want to be out in him you're not going to get a first rounder back and people are probably only going to want to give you late dues in which yeah. case you're better off holding him yeah like we've seen him flash high high upside and i just think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that you know Derek Carr just loves checking down to waller and renfro and I mean, it's a bit sad about, I mean, I guess maybe Aguilar is having his Darren Waller season now. I don't know, but we've talked a little bit about how both, how both, um, Alabama wide receivers have kind of been disappointing. Um, and yeah, you can, you know, blame it on the quarterback, but at the same time, you know, it's not like every prospect lands in a pristine quarterback situation, right? And the one, and the only one who does have, like, the only one who's blessed to go from, like, pristine quarterback to pristine quarterback to pristine quarterback to Jared Goff and his, uh, Brandon Cooks. So. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's tricky. It, like, obviously, none of, a lot of these rookies are, you know, their offenses aren't doing them any favors, you know, can't all play with Ben Roethlisberger and stuff, but, um, yeah, I'm kind of thinking like if you're somebody who was high on rugs and maybe you are still a believer and don't own him on as many dynasty teams as you'd like, what would you be willing to give up to get him at this point? Um, what would I be willing to give up? Like it would have to be like an early two, right? I don't think I'm willing to give up a first year. I think, I just think a lot of those first and early twos you just want to hold. There's so many good wide receiver running back prospects coming out. Like they're just better than this class. Like hmm. just in comparison, right? Maybe not CeeDee Lamb good, maybe not Justin Jefferson good, but like Jamar Chase was like part of the reason that LSU offense worked. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just it's just really hard. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's always next year, always next year is gonna be the same. But for as hyped as this like recent draft class was it's still probably not going to hold a real candle to like the top end of next year's draft class who mm-hmm. hit all the metrics that we want them to hit yeah. young breakout age. just a very like, ridiculously young, just a, you know, and like, this is using our threshold, the, the proper threshold of 30%, right? Um, so you're not getting any of the junk un- like underneath it. And um, like to break out like there, you know, 18, 19 season active in the, you know, uh, 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 return games, um, just like ridiculously productive against strong and, uh, you know, like caliber defenses, despite the lackluster quarterback play, 
you know, it's it's really hard to see why you'd want to move any of those picks for Henry Ruggs, who had, you know, question marks on his profile anyway. And, I mean, and when you're looking at Marquise Brown flopping in his, you know, sophomore season, you know, it, it kind of really comes back to uh, whether or not you just are better off holding that pick and then just buying into someone else, right? Like, a, And because the running backs are also pretty good, it's going to push some of these guys like Rondell Moore and Rashad Bateman and, you know, uh, other other names are just escaping me, but like guys like that down, and it's just like I feel mm. like I feel like that's just what you want to do. There's no reason to to try and acquire rugs, you know what I mean? Yes. It's, and the same goes for like guys like Judy and stuff, right? It's just like who cares? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's no question that I think a lot of the guys in the class coming up are going to look better from a you know they're going to look better as prospects than a lot of guys in this class did. But I mean, you know, how many of them can do what what Justin Jefferson or T. Higgins or Chase Claypool have been able to do this year? I mean, what we're seeing this year is just such an outlier. So yeah, but we also saw the same outlier with AJ Brown and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's tricky. I mean, obviously, we're expecting some some big things from the from the upcoming class. So it would be tough to to sell. Uh, a pick for a guy who, for a rookie who hasn't been, been playing as well as we hoped and who hasn't, uh, who doesn't, it doesn't look like his situation is going to change necessarily anytime soon, get any better. So yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying. Debo Samuel caught 11 of 13 targets for 133 yards and no touchdowns in the Niners' week 12 win over the Rams. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, that I believe this. I mean, Debo has missed a lot of time, so I don't know how close he would be to actually being a top 24 wide receiver in terms of like overall uh, rankings. And also, obviously, Ayuk missed this game, so that opened up a lot of opportunity. But I think uh, even when Ayuk is back, I would expect that he and Debo can can kind of coexist. I mean, one thing... You know, I'd have to go back and check like the the where he was targeted in this game. But one thing we've kind of seen uh throughout the season is that Debo and Ayuk are not even targeted in like the same locations. Uh they use Debo a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. So there's not necessarily even a real competition between them in terms of the you know, the type of targets they're competing for. So uh yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely in on Debo, and I'm also in on Ayuk. Rest of season, I think that uh, they could both they could both at least be top twenty four wide receivers from here. Um, yeah, am I missing anything? No, probably not. I do think I do <laughs> think that uh, not having Kittle is something that we need to put into perspective here, because either for sure because either um, Kittle is uh, overvalued, right, relative to his role. Or these two guys are overvalued relative to their roles. So that's something to keep in mind from a dynasty, from a dynasty perspective, I think. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's not, we haven't really seen all three of them on the field at the same time much this season. Um, it's kind of like going into the year, a lot of the Giants receivers looked really good. Slayton looked really good from a, you know, GLSP had him ranked pretty high. Engram looked good. Um, but part of the problem was that 
there were so many injuries on the on that team that they never got to play together and we're seeing kind of the same thing with the with the Niners uh pass catchers. So it'll be interesting to to see how they kind of project out next year and and what sort of adjustments we we ought to be making. Probably just downgrade them all. Like their quarterback play is particularly good. If they're gonna roll out Jimmy G again, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, moving on to item number three. Jarvis Landry caught eight of eleven targets for 143 yards and a touchdown in the Browns' Week 12 win over the Jaguars. Um, coming into Week 12, Landry hadn't topped 90 yards in a single game since Week 12 of 2019. So, what are your thoughts on Landry and the rest of the Browns' offense for the rest of the season? Yeah, this was, it's, uh, I kind of hate this, like, um, coaching staff. They're, uh, very run oriented, right? Um, just really slavishly devoted to the run. Uh, and they just, it's like they don't trust Baker Mayfield, but he looked pretty, he's looked okay, right? Like when they've, when they've been forced into using him, it just seems like they lack creativity, right? Like they're trying to win with minimizing Mayfield's role. And they, yeah. did, they did the same over here. And they came pretty close to losing it, frankly. Like, you know, Glennon, like, was throwing the ball all over the place. Something called Colin Johnson was crushing it, right? Like, it's just <laughs> James Robinson had six caches and stuff. It's just, um, you know, this is a team that it seems like they traded for OBJ, got burned over there, and then they decided we can't do this anymore. And they've, you know, this two-headed running back attack is just, it sucks. Like Kareem Hunt, he's he's fine, he's good, he's whatever. He's like not 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 transcendent, I don't think, right? Mm-hmm. And today, like Landry saw a lot of targets, and yeah. it's pretty good. He's been an absolute just a, just a hor- horrible over horrifically overdrafted player. He's averaged like nine point two PPR points per game. He's been wide receiver three or worse in ninety percent or more of his starts. Only a wide receiver two once, so it's good to see this from from Jarvis. And part of it is just they're just being like held back by their own coaching staff. The, the coaching staff doesn't want to throw the ball. I think that part of that yeah. is just, you know like a like a chicken and egg issue, right? Like, um, right. So I I, I don't know right. if we should expect this. Like, do you, are you expecting this out of out of Landry going for the rest of the season, or how do you how are you approaching this? I mean, I don't think eleven targets is out of the question for Landry with you know without OBJ. I think this is a, the type of game we could probably see from him again. Um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned like it's a chicken and egg situation. I mean, I only saw a little bit of this game, but you saw Mayfield throwing to Landry more than once in the end zone and just missing him high or just throwing, you know, bad passes that weren't even really catchable. And Landry tries to one hand them, but. He doesn't have a chance at, at a lot of these. So, I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's weird for Mayfield, who's someone we had kind of a lot of hope coming into this season, especially coming in, you know, as a prospect. He looked he looked really good. And to see him just fall flat like this is uh, a little bit perplexing and disappointing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, 11 targets are definitely in, in Landry's sort of range of outcomes and uh, he was lucky to be able to do something with them in this game, but this offense, like you said, has some problems. And I mean, going up against a team that's better than Jacksonville will probably show them even more. So I don't know that I expect, uh, you know, even close to 143 yards and a touchdown going forward. Um, 
I would expect he'll probably continue to be inefficient as he has been most of the year. Tyree Hill caught 13 of 15 targets for 269 yards and three touchdowns in the Chiefs' week 12 win over the Bucs. With Hill feasting, there wasn't much to go around for the auxiliary skill players. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the Chiefs' offense for the rest of the season? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, what what really is there to say? I mean, obviously, you know, 269 yards for Hill isn't something to expect all the time. But if it's going to happen for any wide receiver, it's going to be probably on the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, I think they were... They were helped by the fact that the Bucks were able to stay in this game and keep it competitive. So Mahomes had to throw a lot. Um, you know, even saw like Watkins getting seven targets, Demarcus Robinson getting six targets, even with, with Hill getting his 15. So, um, it's not clear that they're going to be in a lot of scripts like that going forward. I mean, they play Denver next week and then at Miami. Uh, so. Probably those games won't be as competitive as this, but uh, yeah, it's not like the Chiefs are known for letting off the gas all that much. So I think uh, I think we should obviously expect them to continue to be explosive like this, and hopefully some of those some of those yards will uh, will go McCole Hardman's way in the future. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw I saw Curtis Patrick tweet this out after Hill. He said Hill is his dynasty wide receiver one. Uh, mm. We've we've discussed pretty publicly about AJ Brown versus DK Metcalf, and I don't know about you, but I've been grinding the tape. And AJ Brown is a grown ass man, and she's deserving of the wide receiver one label. And quite frankly, I think Dan Williamson <laughs> was right when he drafted AJ Brown one hundred and one in the first FFPC best ball league of the season. Therefore, absolutely breaking people's brains. Just saying, uh, what are your thoughts on Hill here? Uh, I, hmm. Yeah, it's, a, I don't it's, have it's pretty controversial, right? And like, why <laughs> is McColl being treated as their like backup to Hill? I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't get it. I don't have Hill as my wide receiver one, and I don't have him above AJ Brown. I mean, Brown was, Brown was pretty exceptional in his own right today with that, uh, kickoff return touchdown. So, um, yeah, I mean, I obviously don't fault anyone who has Hill up near the top of their rankings. You know, he's someone who I don't own on any teams, and I probably never will. But he's obviously talented, and playing with Mahomes with that kind of speed, uh, you you know, there's not there's not a ton of reason to think that he won't continue to to do stuff like this. Although you you say the same thing about McCole Hardman, and he had what. 23 yards on five targets, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> like, like I'm part of, I, I kind of just want to believe that they don't, that like they're just like preserving their bag of tricks. We've seen Hardman like thrive in these game environments before, but I mean, I, I figured today would have been a game environment where we thrive, but the Chiefs don't really go down all that much either to where they need to actually, you know, compete. I mean, today, frankly, the, the the box score looks a lot closer than it is. I, they were not respecting the box team at all. They were messing around for half the game. Yeah, like, it was like they were not like really giving. Like they did not care. <laughs> and yeah. I, I I don't think the uh, the the box score really reflects that. They let they let the Buccaneers get back in. Like it was a like almost disappointing final like stat line from Mahomes, not Hill. Yeah, well, 
almost disappointing 462 yards and three touchdowns yeah it felt it honestly felt quieter than it could have been like, it felt like hill could have gone for like 400 yards yeah it. he was just <laughs> roasting that one cornerback my like whoever that one cornerback was in man coverage was mm. oh my god just toasted toasted like, the whole time every time it was like ridiculous watching watching um hill just break free and just take it to the house is nuts yeah yeah yeah, it'll be exciting to see. I mean, you think of Tampa Bay as having a pretty competent defense, so it'll be exciting to see what they do. Like week 16, they are home against Atlanta. That'll be an interesting one. Yeah, I think that might – yeah, I don't know. That's a, good, that's a good point. I have no idea what they're going to do there. All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on Apple Podcasts. For Hassan Rahim on Twitter at HRR5010, I'm Blair Andrews. And I'm the real Blair. Thanks for listening. new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.